Hey there, you're listening to the Faithful Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and I bring over a decade of experience owning, running, and growing Christian organizations. And in this podcast, I want to help you become a more effective leader for Christ and serve your clients and customers well. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. In this episode, I want to share with you an awesome conversation that I just had with uh, my new friend, Victoria. She is a functional nutrition and health coach, and I think just does a a fantastic job in her work. It was a great conversation, and I'm just excited to let you in on it and hear a little bit about what we had to say. Without further ado, here is Victoria. I didn't ask her how to say her last name, but I think it is something along the lines of Coglianese or Coglianese, so enjoy her conversation. Victoria, thank you, and uh, welcome to uh, the Faithful Business Podcast. I appreciate you joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me here, Steve. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm really curious. I was, we were talking a little bit just before and uh, for, for, for folks who maybe don't know, it's kind of interesting because a lot of times the way I schedule these interviews, I get introduced for the first time just like you do. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to learn more about Victoria, what she's doing, how she's serving the Lord in her, in her business, which is just too cool that I get to talk to people who do that uh, on this podcast. I just <laughs> love it. Uh, I, I'll never forget you know, I've, I've talked to so many people who told me that they were doing full-time ministry stuff or whatever, and when they got into business and then started doing ministry through their business, they found out that that was so much more impactful than anything they had tried to do before. Uh, it's almost like we try too hard uh, at ministry when God's just like, no, like, do the thing that, that like, I, I gifted you to do, and I will do the ministry through that. And uh, for some reason, it takes us a while to get that through our thick skulls a lot of times, at least it did for me, you know, um, but I'm, I'm glad that, that we're to that point. So I guess first, Victoria, I just want to know, like, tell us a little bit about you um, and share your testimony, you know, how you came to know the Lord. Did you grow up in that? Did you did mm-hmm. you discover you know, the Lord later? And uh, just, yeah, tell us a little bit about you and then you can just go right into what you do for work and for business and, and how you help people in your story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, I think it's actually interesting, even just a segue from what you just said. I, I, I even toyed around with the idea for a long time of like, okay, Lord, do you want me to be working for the church, like directly, like in the church, a yeah. youth minister, be, I don't know, missionary in different capacities. You know, I had an opportunity to be, maybe be even a college campus missionary. Oh. Uh, but ultimately, I always just kind of felt the Lord calling me to be like either in the workplace or just kind of, uh, you know, continuing down the route of what he's already given me a passion for, which is my faith, but also actually nutrition. So I am actually a registered dietitian practicing a functional nutrition approach or kind of a part of functional medicine. So it's like root cause solutions to healthcare. Um, yeah. So, but I can, I'll, I'll come back to that, I guess. And, uh, yeah, so I've been, you know, really blessed to grow up in a Christian household I'm a, I'm a Catholic Christian and, uh, yeah, I had a, you know, pretty, at least pretty practicing family life growing up with, uh, uh, you know, going to church every week, um, and, you know, going to, uh, you know, a faithful school, uh, where I, you know, I had religion classes and I was just really blessed to kind of, I don't know, I think actually just the, the grace of God, you know, the hand of God was on my life, uh, always kind of giving me a curiosity, uh, uh in, in all things, but I think in the faith too. So I think, you know, it kind of leads into my business now. I'm just, I'm always asking why, which is why I also go into root cause solutions to healthcare because I'm like, well, if someone has X condition, why, why do they have that? And we kind of keep going down and down and down and saying, well, why? And we want to get to those things. But 
yeah, so I'm blessed to kind of have had that curiosity growing up. And it always just kind of led me to want to learn more about the faith. You know, it's the kid asking like, well, why do we exist? You know, why, <laughs> why is that? So it's like, well, it kind yeah. of ha- something has to be an answer. And in God uh, being the answer was actually really easy for me to kind of wrap my mind around. So I was always really blessed with that. And um, yeah, yeah, it led me to you know college actually really delve into like Christian apologetics because I always wanted to know the why. And uh, um, yeah, and then in uh, I would say in, in college, I went to Rutgers University, which is a you know big public secular university in New Jersey. Um, but I just had a great you know ministry experience in college that really led me to a much deeper conversion. Uh, yeah, to know the Lord and you know in a very personal way and in a way that with confidence, knowing that like this is this is like the really the crux of my life, and I wanted to bring that into everything I did. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So we have a lot we have a lot in common. Um, so this this is really interesting, right? So uh, I'm from South Jersey. Um, oh, amazing. <laughs> and so I uh, I don't get to visit up there as much anymore. Um, a couple years ago, my grandmother passed away, and she was kind of like the last. Like I don't want to say it sounds bad because I love the rest of my family too, but like just the way the family dynamic is and the way people are spread out, it's like there's not really that much reason to go up there anymore. Yeah. But yeah, um, the the trip from North Carolina to South Jersey takes you by Rutgers, uh, right, literally right through that little corridor there. Where that's right, where, yeah. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I grew up in uh, like Williamstown, Turnersville, uh, okay. South Jersey gotcha. area, about yeah, about uh, thirty minutes from Atlantic City, twenty minutes from Philly. So um, that's my stomping grounds. And then awesome. the other interesting thing is, uh, so I started my podcast because I got interested in Christian apologetics. Right, that was mm-hmm. the. Um, I discovered a, a Lee Strobel book uh, in my Goodwill in like 20, probably <laughs> 2015. And um, it was the the case for faith. And I was, mm-hmm. I was like, I've been a Christian since I was four years old. And I didn't know any, like, why didn't anybody tell me this stuff? And I just had this, 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 you know, moment of questioning, like, oh my gosh, d- does anybody else even believe this stuff is true? And then I found his mm-hmm. book and I was like, it opened up a new world for me. And so here I am, you know, what, five, five, six years later at this point, um, and still, still doing that kind of work. Right. So I've been blogging and podcasting about apologetics for about that long. Um, and and it's on the same way root causes why, um, there Sean McDowell and, uh, Jay Warner Wallace, two pretty well-known apologists. They, uh, wrote a book, uh, it's called, so the next generation will know. And that is a, it's a book for, it's a book for people who are trying to work with, um, young people basically in these days, right? They're, they're trying to get the youth essentially to care. I mean, most of the book is about apathy, you know, essentially trying to get you to care. And, um, they, they talk about this method that I thought was just so interesting for, for teaching anybody really, but, but, but young adults and even your kids as you're, as they're growing up, um, about having two whys for every what. So, 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 you know, here's the thing, here's the what, and then why is that, you know, the one layer of why, and then the next layer of why. Why is that? And that that practice of, of two whys for every what is really just a good way to get to the bottom of why things really matter at all. Like why, mm. you know, you know, what 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 anyway, what what does you know, what is the meaning of life or however you want to you know, wherever you want to go from whatever question you're asking, or hey, here's this, you know, in your case, here's this the symptom that is being is is presenting. And so why is that symptom presenting and let's fix that. And I, I really, when I saw, I was reading the material, um, after you, you kind of expressed interest in being in the podcast and I was, so I was looking on at some things and I was like, yes, this is totally, 
Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sure we'll, uh, ever, cause everybody does, everybody has little differences of opinion here and there, but me, I mean, I changed my world with a ketogenic carnivore style diet. I, I totally changed my world with that. And, um, I mean, I was 200 and 78 pounds. I know this is about your story, not me, but but I just I just felt. Oh no, I'm so curious. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was 278 pounds, and 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 basically, it was it was 2015. A lot happened in 2015. Apparently, um, it was uh, I think it was 2015, and we were I was at uh, Dollywood in Tennessee, which is a theme <laughs> park, and I hate roller coasters. Absolutely hate them. Okay, I, I can't stand them. And uh, my wife conned me into getting me onto this roller coaster um because I, I love my wife and I didn't want her to be mad at me so <laughs> she conned me uh into uh getting in this roller coaster and it was the the way that the bar and everything was was arranged was such that well basically I couldn't fit right and so I I could they they couldn't actually get the thing secure enough and so on one hand I was relieved right it was like well cool I don't have to ride the roller coaster anymore and it's not you know my fault but then there was the walk of shame that made it painfully apparent that it was my fault when I couldn't ride the roller coaster. And um, so from that moment on, obviously, I've had, you know, whatever you want to call it, cheat days. I tend to like to give <laughs> myself more grace than that and not necessarily call it cheating. But but I, uh, you know, have cheat days here and there and things. And there, there have been even three to four month periods where I was like totally off the bandwagon. But I would say 85 to 90 percent of of the time since that day, um, I've been on a, you know, on a good ketogenic diet and uh, oh. carnivore diet. And that just totally, you know, for, for my, for me and for my body, I mean, I, I still have a ways to, a little ways to go. Um, I'm probably eating too many calories. I'm just, now I'm just diagnosing myself, right? I'm probably eating too many <laughs> calories right now. I need to, I need to back sure. off a little bit. Um, but in, in terms of, in terms of carbs and stuff, getting that under control really made yeah. a difference. And so I, at my lowest, so right now I'm probably about 235 to, you know, 238 or whatever. At my lowest, I was about, um, uh, 215. And so I definitely fluctuated a little bit. I'd like to, we're both doing keto pretty hard right now, me and my wife. So I'd like to get back down to that, you know, 215, 220, somewhere in there. But yeah, like, like the, the, the concept whatever diet you do or, 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 or eating, you know, style of eating or whatever, the concept of using nutrition as the primary means of, or the, basically the only thing you change to completely change everything about your life from your weight, your mental focus, your longevity, you know, your, your, your ability to, um, function, frankly, um, I'm a huge advocate for. So when I was yeah. reading that, I was like, man, this, I definitely want to have her on if nothing else, because I'm so, uh, a passionate, I'm sure in different yeah. ways, but, but I'm very personally passionate about the topic of using nutrition and in, in a medical, you know, in a medically therapeutic way. So, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that we actually aligned so much. This is awesome. And yeah, yeah, I think, um, I became interested in nutrition in kind of early on in high school really actually coming out of just a real love for food in general. Like my mom, you know, was always a really good cook growing up and I uh, don't really even remember cooking with her that much growing up. I'm sure I helped a little bit, but I was a kid while I was around doing <laughs> other stuff. Uh, but I remember like eighth grade into freshman year of high school, it was like the Food Network was just becoming like a kind of popular on TV. Yeah. And uh, we would watch the Food Network, my mom and I, or like, like two little kids, we'd just be like so enthralled by like, you know, all like the original shows and just, it was just fun to be able to like, yeah. watch New, I don't know, food, food being cooked and, and like, I don't know, Rachel Ray, like talking about food and just giving these little tips and stuff. We thought it was so, so fun and fascinating. We would try different things. And, and then I, I started, I think because of my why mentality, I started to be like, well, 
oh, why, why, or even like, why is the food turning brown? Like what's really going on here? Like oh, yeah. literally everything. So really like the food science part of it. But then um, I started really being interested in nutrition and just, and I, but actually with the first thing that really sparked my interest was just learning about like oncology and, and cancer and nutrition. I, not for any personal experience with that, but just real, you know, cancer being this kind of the, I think the, the biggest the, the most daunting diagnosis that someone could probably get and oh yeah and realizing that nutrition played such a huge role in it and I actually ended up working at a cancer center for about a year um and I eventually moved on from it not because I didn't I actually it was a you know very prestigious place um yeah and you know if I stayed there for you know all the years that I could have stayed there you know it would look great on a resume or something like that but I ultimately was like yeah I just I really want to still get to like root causes and it wasn't the environment where it was just going to be totally accepted there and not that they would hate it, but, um, right. Yeah. I think I just needed to, to kind of go off, you know, be a little bit more unconventional and, uh, kind of forge a new path. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm like incredibly passionate about functional medicine, functional nutrition through a lot of personal, personal health struggle though. Um, I'll just, I guess I'll just share a little more about that quickly. Please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, during the time in high school when I was really getting interested in food, just from a very, you know, innocent perspective and just a real passion for it, I also started developing, um, a, you know, binge eating disorder. And, you know, looking back, I'm, it's pretty clear to me that this was much more of like a spiritual issue than it was anything else. Uh, you know, a lot of strife kind of happening in my life at that time with family and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it became my coping mechanism. And at the time, it was probably kind of protective for my, you know, mental health to kind of have a distraction that was, uh, I, I guess, somewhat safer. time. But of course, you know, over the years, it just became a really bad habit that, um, yeah, it really was a struggle for me, even though I, and I, in college, like I knew I was becoming a dietitian and it was like this extra level of shame of like, wait, if I can't, if I can't just willpower my way out of this, like, how am I ever going to help other people do that for themselves? But, and then, you know, eventually I realized, oh, it, it's much less about the willpower and much more about like a, you know, a reckoning with uh, my relationship with God and actually having a full surrender there and, and having some real spiritual healing. So I'm, I think that's another way I'm so grateful for that deeper conversion I had in college because that led me on a journey mm. that I really needed to, you know, I had a faith my whole life, but I had to have a much deeper, like full trust and, and full healing, um, spiritually, emotionally, uh, with, you know, different wounds in my life and how to actually cope with them. And then, so that was amazing. Um, I'm so grateful that I know that the Lord had had a plan in place for me, um, Unfortunately, though, because or I've never been, you know, told this by a doctor, but I can really infer that because I binge ate for so many years, um, you know, that, that, that can do a lot of damage to the body. I don't think there's a lot of documented evidence as to how that impacts the body, but developed IBS and um, which actually eventually developed like pretty, pretty severe chronic gut issues, which led to like kind of full body inflammation for mm. probably about eight years of my life, just about 24 seven around the clock issues. And by kind of, I still led, lived my life, you know, it was really difficult. And I saw doctors here and there, uh, but got, became very frustrated and actually very resentful of the medical system for a while. I've thank God I've actually had some healing from that too. Just like, it is, it is unfortunate the way it is. I kind of understand with insurance model. It's just, it's not an ideal system by any means. Yeah. And that's why I was like, instead of being resentful for the system, like, let me actually help become part of the solution. Even if it's a small way of, you know, going into my own business and huh. 
eventually that's why I did, you know, start my own private practice of nutrition coaching. Um, it's called Wonderfully Made Nutrition. So definitely has a uh, biblical aspect to it. For, you know, I'm not, I don't only work with Christians, but uh, a lot of Christians do come to me because it's a little bit of a calling card for those who know from Psalm 139, uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, so I think it was really a mix of, you know, it's like, okay, we, we talk about body, mind, and spirit, but I think it becomes a little cliche. And, uh, but I was like, no, this is real. I've experienced body, mind, and spirit being this integrated, uh, you know, it's, it's all integrated together. And the health of my physical health was actually contingent upon the health of my, my mind and my spirit and, and vice versa too. Um, yeah. I, I think I had a lot of spiritual healing and I still had a lot of chronic issues even after that, but I think even being devoted to finding answers and, um, knowing that I think the Lord had a great purpose for me in this. And, he, and I, everything that I did to heal my, like find healing for myself, I've been able to give to my other clients. So, you know, in hindsight, I, and I knew it in the moment I was like, Lord, this is so challenging. I don't know how many times I broke down, you know, crying about this. So I was like, I know that you have something greater for me here. I know that if I can get through this, like I can help my clients too. So like, I know there's great purpose in this, but gosh, it's, it's hard when you're just sick of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's a little bit more about uh, just how, yeah, there's a real integration between um, our faith and, and just our health. And how, like for me, like they, they coexist perfectly or like they are so intertwined. I think the problem, even in functional medicine, which is amazing, uh, I, you know, there, I think there's a lot of like spiritual component or kind of like the, a little more of the woo-woo spiritual stuff sometimes. Um, and right. I think that it kind of, you know, for people who really understand, like, no, my faith is part of this too. And for a lot of people, like, if we're going to change habits, we actually need to, like, have a renewal of our minds too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well that, that's, that. so that's one of the, gosh, so much I want to say to that. Uh, <laughs> so, it's just so good. I uh, hope I can remember it all. Um, you know, one thing, I'll just go backwards in my, in my mind here. You know, one thing right. is what you just said. Um is so important to me like this, like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for a good personal development book. I'm, I'm down for a good <laughs> self-help book, but like to hear that you were interested in apologetics, like it was actually like a huge relief slash shock. Um, <laughs> just because so much of it, it's like, there's such this, there's actually not a fine line, but, but, but there is a, but there is a, it, it, it's a it's an interesting line in that in that like they're up to this certain point which i'm making a thing with my hand that nobody can see besides you but that's okay <laughs> like it's like beyond this certain point it just all like falls into gobbledygook right it's like you know what i'm saying like like to spiritual like woo woo gobbledygook that's like not biblical it's not mm. helpful it's not practical it's not anything and that's actually the danger of having any podcast that tries to integrate Christianity with any point of, of with any touch point of life, but especially Christian entrepreneurship, because I don't know if you've surveyed the landscape, but most podcasts about Christian entrepreneurship are just unfortunately hosted by where you really get into the like, you know, woo woo kind of spirit, you know, mentality. And I'm just like, this podcast is not that. So the listenership to this, right. This, this, this podcast, like I am a theologically careful and thoughtful <laughs> person and and that makes a big difference i mean it it, yeah. re it really does when you're you know so anyway not to harp too much on that but but like <laughs> it really does make a big a big difference when you're trying to to get that because it is so true what you said this was the next thing anyway was the integration of of mind body and spirit i was really amazed when i started into a health 
journey like this. And my mom gives me a hard time because she has some chronic issues going on with, with different things. And I may actually get you to talk to her, by the way. So, so be looking, <laughs> sure. you may have a coaching call scheduled. Uh, awesome. Um, uh, 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 but like, um, I, I keep trying to convey to her and, and even to others, you don't realize how much of what goes on with your body, number one, is related to food. Um, it's, and it makes sense when you think about it for three minutes because it's like, oh, this is how I fuel my body. And so, it, but, but, but still, you just don't think about it because you're so used to hearing medical, you know, surface level medical, frankly, Band-Aid treatments, right? And not to like reawaken any old wounds here. I mean, you said you had a lot of healing from it. Well, I don't know that I've had any healing from it yet because I'm, I'm still pretty upset about that I spent my life as a morbidly obese person and until, uh, you know, and even doing some of the traditional, I mean, I had a doctor one time who finally sent me to a nutritionist and that nutritionist, I mean, didn't, there was no working with me to figure out what was my, what my problem was, how it would, you know, how we could try different approaches or whatever. And granted, this was a, a while ago. So this was before, like, now it's becoming more accepted and cool to do things like keto, carnivore, or even a more balanced thing like that. You know, at that time, it was basically just eat like a rabbit or die. You know, like, yep. like eat like a rabbit. That's what you have to do and exercise until you're, you know, or, or just die. And that never worked for me. Right. And so I, mm -hmm. so I kind of have the frustration of like, why, why did it take so long for, for the medical community to start educating themselves on the effects of food and your health? And so I'm a huge advocate for that and, and just try to get people to understand and then bring in the faith aspect into it as well. What goes on in your mind and your spirit absolutely affects in a big way your body's physical reactions to things. And again, theologically, if you actually think about it, like there is the, um, you're, you're, you, I mean, you're a whole person, you know, the saying, like, like you're, you are an integrated person, a human being who is absent from the body. Now, of course, Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with right. the Lord, but that's not an ideal state because guess what? That is a waiting. It's a waiting of resurrection of mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. to be reunited with your glorified body. So a human, a human, an essential part of a human is a body. You're not, you know, we're not supposed to be floating and this is a whole other subject, but you know, we're not, you know, the end goal for humanity is not to be like floating spirits in the little spirit realm. You know, that's not, that's not biblical. That's not reality, right? That's not what's going mm -hmm. to happen. Um, according to the Bible, if we believe that, which here we do. So like it, you know, um, it, it's thinking the thinking that some people have, um, uh, brought in, like, I guess, I guess just because they're so used to thinking in terms of, oh, when you're sick, you take medicine. And right. when that medicine gives you side effects, you take more medicine. And when that medicine gives you side effects, you take more medicine and we're killing ourselves with medicine. Now, medicine is a great thing. I believe people who invented, you know, different medi you know, medications were probably gifted by God to do that. And I'm, and I'm sure medicine in some ways is a, is a gift from God. And I am thankful for DayQuil and NyQuil because they really helped me <laughs> like times right now when I have the flu, you know, it's all, so, you know, it's all good. I'm thankful for that at the same time. I am yeah, kind of a little peeved that, um, mm -hmm. that nobody figured out the whole food thing, 
you know, a little yeah. sooner. And, and and even some of the people I'm thinking of, of Dr. Atkins and Gary Tobbs and just some of these people mm. who were crucified and vilified by the medical community for a while. And and now everybody is starting to to come around. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to make this an advertisement for keto or carnivore. It's just what worked for me. So those are the no, examples. Of course. I no, I mean, I'm but, definitely, definitely open to uh, approaches. That, I mean, because if, if you can... <laughs> Oh gosh, there's so much to unpack here. Um, I actually remember Gary Tobbs came to Rutgers actually to speak. I think my senior year college there. I really this was like I was still just kind of realizing like there might be a little bit more here than than the conventional nutrition approach I've been learning in college. Like I think there might be a little bit more. And he came to speak, and my world was overturned. Like I bought this book <laughs> immediately online. I actually remember having a pretty heated argument. I mean, respectful with a uh, fellow you know nutrition student and I about him and just he was talking about how like calories aren't the only thing about weight loss and he's he's an incredibly smart scientist like he he understands the physics like you can't right like calories are real like if you want to lose weight you do have to be in some type of calorie deficit yeah you know over the long run but he was trying to make the point that like there's so much more that affects our ability to lose weight other than just that one piece and it was like that to me like that was like the easiest thing to understand but for some reason like people just couldn't wrap yeah. their minds around like they're like no like eat less move more like that is yeah. maybe lose weight and it's like not if you have uh insulin resistance and blood sugar imbalance like you're you're on like a craving roller coaster like yeah you could eat 200 calories of processed carbs and think that it's only 200 calories so you're going to lose weight instead of eating a 400 calorie eggs and avocado breakfast but like right your blood sugar is going to go through a roller coaster and it's going to be impossible to lose weight and actually you know the insulin spike you're going to get from all like that that meal is actually going to cause you to gain weight and literally be tired and craving more than two hours from now yeah it, it's it's really and i actually like literally i i am so passionate about metabolic health and blood sugar balance and you know related to kind of the keto realm we're just kind of like moderating carbohydrates depending on the person's needs and so I work with a lot of people who mostly everyone I work with is probably desiring weight loss in some fashion. They might have really chronic gut health issues on top of it, or they might, you know, a lot of women with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome that I work with. Um, it all kind of, I mean, there's a lot we need to unpack. I think there's, I, I could talk to people for hours just about like the physiology, but I think there's also like, there's that piece too, but then also how is the physiology of our bodies and like the dysfunction impacting actually our mental like choices and behaviors and how our behavior is impacting our function too. I, and I kind of, I all um usually show people this little like cycle that I've created. It's like, I call it my health freedom framework and I, it's the faith, the food and the function and the faith is, you know, faith in the Christian aspect of it, or at least just what we believe, right? Like any, any beliefs we have about what what our bodies can do metabolism like just any any kind of beliefs we have about mm -hmm. um our capability or the way our body works and that informs i uh, call it the food right so actually the food that we literally eat or any action or input we kind of put into our body so if i believe that um, um if i believe that calories are the only important thing for me to lose weight then the action that i'm going to take is going to be low calorie food and and then the third piece is the function so it's faith food then function my body actually has a physiological response to whatever i'm doing and then that typically informs what we believe right so okay i go low calorie I, I believe low calorie is the way to do it. So I go low calorie and then the function is I might lose a little bit of weight initially, but I'm miserable and I actually 
there might be a lot of other issues and that informs a new belief. Well, I must have to go harder at this and I must have to go harder yeah. and harder. And it kind of gets in this vicious cycle. So there's a lot of unpacking I like to do with my clients into even like limiting beliefs, you know, about just about their actual health of their body, but then also again, like what they're capable of doing. And, you know, I definitely have to know that I'm not a therapist. So I can't like uh, go, you know, I can't dig and dig and dig with these people. And I have to actually have trust with them to even ask these deeper questions. But yeah. For so many people, sometimes just having a space where they're like, you know what? Like, yeah, I think I'm just eating because I'm trying to cope. And if I literally just have an alternative means of coping with stress or, you know, decompressing with my life, like that, that in and of itself might get me, you know, more than where I've ever gone before. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. that's huge. Um, that, right. And yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm just thinking a little selfishly about my mom, you know, and it's like we kind of <laughs> have the powdered butt syndrome thing going on where it's, you know, it's like I've, <laughs> Uh, stole that line from Dave Ramsey uh, for what it's worth, uh, but but it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like she might listen to somebody like you even more than she might listen to to mm. you know to, you know, to me. So, uh, but um, yeah, that's 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 fantastic. I mean, I'm really down with what you're doing. I think you're doing great work. It's it's super important. Um, it's important work, right? It's, mm. it's it's actual meaningful work that can affect somebody's lives. Uh, you know, starting today, I mean, literally you could have a call with Victoria and your life uh, changes today. Like it really, I mean, it really, uh, it's that kind of thing. And it, 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 um, if you're, if you're tired, I'm just, if you're listening to this and you are somebody who is tired of like having chronic issues or you're tired of, of feeling the way you do or, or like wanting to fall asleep at two o'clock every day, <laughs> you know, these, these are little things that most of it is, is most of it is what you're eating. And so if you yeah. need, help along those lines, I am 100% confident that, that Victoria can help you. So I have a, a couple more questions. Um, yeah. More high level, you know, biz, business related. I'm glad you took the time to, it was a fun conversation talking about what yeah. you actually do. <laughs> uh, I hope somebody gives you a call eventually based on this, right? Because it's, it's just huge. Um, but but I, I want to talk a couple high level business questions um, and then uh, and then we'll be done. Okay. So um sure. One one question I have is, and this is industry specific, is is how would you say that being a Christian business owner in in your industry is going to differentiate you from, from somebody else who does the same thing that you do? What is a you know why yeah. does a Christian functional nutritionist better than another one, or at least different than another one? What would you approach mm. differently? Well, I mean, from one aspect, I, I didn't even realize how much this would change my business, but people are actually people are aware that like their faith, they, they want their faith integrated in their lives more and they, they might recognize the need for that. They just don't really know how to do that. So literally just having my business name wonderfully made nutrition and like people understanding that I'm a Christian dietitian, like some people will come to me and say, yeah, I looked up online. I like what you do, but I also also like that you are a Christian and that really like made yeah. me want to talk to you or someone else. So, and I, I think I recognize that that could be a, a, something that happened with my business, but uh, I think that's just really cool. Um, obviously I have to like deliver, you know, <laughs> and maybe make uh, myself actually valuable too. But, um, yeah, I think, um, I, I think also being a Christian business owner, uh, there's a certain level of integrity that I, I keep with just everything I do. I think especially with the way I work with my clients, um, the, the process that I build, like, I, there's authenticity because I recognize that one, like I'm not their savior too. Um, so right. it's not always up to me and it actually helps me keep boundaries. I definitely have to learn that I think over time, but realize like I'm here to, to show up with like all I can give, um, because God is like really 
ordained this for me. Um, I've, I've, I've never had a, as clear of a discernment as I did when I started my business. Like it was kind of like a white light experience actually. Um, took me a few years, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think there's such a great need for faithful people to integrate their faith into the business. But I think there's also different ways to do that. I, when I first started, I thought I was going to be the Christian dietitian, right? Like mm. very clearly, like putting out all my content was going to be Christian based. And like, I was going to be only seeing Christian clients. Cause I was like, it kind of that mentality I talked about at the beginning, like, well, if I'm a Christian, I, you know, I've been so involved with ministry, even as a young adult, um, like I'm going to just build a ministry business too, yeah. kind of. Yeah. But I realized like it doesn't have to be so obvious and blatant. And, and I, it's not a disservice too. Like I thought I had to be so in people's faces about being a Christian or else like I wasn't going to be, I don't know, authentic like before the mm-hmm. Lord. But I realized like, no, I, he, there's so many people that don't understand how their faith could be part of this or even aren't even faithful, but like God still wants me to support them um, yeah. with my, prin- the principles, even if I never say his name. And I, I don't think that he, he, will blame me for that. <laughs> so I think there's just so many different ways to get integrate our faith into our business. But um, yeah, I would say one other aspect that I always think about is the actual, the way that my development has happened as a business owner, like going from pretty amateur when I first started, God gave me the grace to just have enough like excitement and trust to even start and make that leap of faith. But man, I've, my butt has been kicked into gear in the last like two and a half years. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and I've, yeah. So I think you know, having a like deep prayer life has allowed me to actually work through a lot of, a lot of limiting beliefs about my business and even like wanting to scale up my business. Uh, I've been so afraid for so long, but Hmm. I have heard the Lord the last year, you know, gave me the word for discipline for 2021 and then commitment for 2022. And now I'm creating a group program and I'm I'm launching it currently right now uh, for weight loss. So that's, I'm like, this has been like a, a dream of mine to do this because I know that I can actually treat the masses more. So again, so I guess, yeah. you know, our faith is so important in the way that we actually make decisions. Cause I think so much of what my business can do is actually based on like my own, either limiting beliefs or my own like yeah. uh, courage. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, um, a couple thoughts, you know, one is even, you know, Paul was a tent maker and uh, Jesus was a carpenter, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. it's like that, and I guarantee you, Jesus wasn't the Christian carpenter, and and Paul wasn't the Christian tent maker, but 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 he was a tent maker who was a Christian, right? Jesus, well, mm. Jesus is a special case, right? He's Jesus, but um, you know, so <laughs> he's it, the most Christian Christian, right? It's it's it, exactly right, um, and it's the most natural thing, right? Like again, there was that point where when I, like I kind of had this period of denial. I, I think I think I think it's fair to call it denial, where. I was finally accepting that, okay, like, cause everything I did, I mean, don't get me wrong. My ministry stuff has, you know, has done well on, on its own, but I had these big grand visions for what my ministry was going to look like. And, and I was going to speak on lots of stages about Christian apologetics and people, I was going to have a full schedule and I was going to be, cause I'm a preacher and a Bible teacher, of course. And mm. so I, I, you know, I was like, that's obviously the plan. I'm going to write books. I'm going to write blogs. I'm going to do podcasts. I'm going to do that full time. And, um, and things in some ways in the ministry kept going backwards. I started to lose passion for, you know, every time I posted something on Facebook, you know, 10 people had something to say that was, I had to explain myself. And it was, you know, I couldn't post on Facebook without it turning into a three hour conversation. I didn't have time for that. I was building a business and and, and at the time working a full-time job. And 
things like that. And then I'm, I rebranded. I'm a marketing guy. I rebranded the podcast a couple times. And each time it's like, it like it, gave, it was a bad thing. Like it went down. Like I the that my podcast to this day now it does okay, but it has never been more successful than the first fifty episodes when I launched it. I for my ministry podcast. I was like, why? Like, wait a minute, God, don't you know what you're doing? Like I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing this full time. Like you're. Why are things going the opposite direction? And um, when I finally kind of gave in and said, okay, it's very clear that like things in the business are picking up they, they this is what's working and ironically in the business i get to help a lot of ministries in the kind of work that we're doing and it's like it's it's when i finally did that the first thing i wanted to do was make it a christian what you know marketing and, and web design agency that's what i wanted to do i wanted i wanted to be the the right the the for churches and for parachurch type ministries and, and whatever, right. That was the goal. I was going to, that was my niche. Right. And I think that was just sort of, again, that denial of, of no, you can do ministry. Like the people who need ministry are typically not the ones who are inside <laughs> of the church. You know, it's Jesus said the righteous, you know, are, are, are not the ones who need <laughs> the help. It's, it's the sick who who need the help yeah. and need the attention. And well, don't get me wrong. Most of who I work with are Christians. You know, your vibe attracts your tribe and stuff. And you're probably seeing something very similar, but like not being so rigid about that has, yeah, totally made a huge difference in the kinds of people that I've been able to work with. And, um, it's, um, yeah. So, right. It, it does, it does make a huge difference. Um, you go ahead. Oh yeah. I will say like, it, I think it really depends on, yeah, what someone wants to do. Like I, that was a real discernment that I had to go through of like, because I, I was so gung-ho with like being very obviously Christian or I mean, <laughs> having a very Christian focused business um, to the public facing eye. But I ultimately, it, it took me time. I actually kind of reiterated my business multiple times too. And eventually realized like, at least right now, again, like I, I think I also had to come to a place in my business where it's like, it's okay to pivot in the future. It's yes. totally fine. But like, you won't know how to pivot well unless you try it like full, full on. So that's something I'm really like, you know, okay, commit to something and then see how the chips fall and, and, you know, uh, work on feeling it better, you know, next time. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of realized I'm, uh, I am, I am Christian. My, a lot of my clients like to work with me because I'm Christian and, but there's a lot I can do. That's it. Every, but like having a real integration of faith and business is something I've been always interested in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, so, so the next question I have is like, um, I mean, uh, this is good because you were just saying how you've grown a lot in in your, you know, the, the Lord's worked on you and you've been k- kicking your butt in the high gear for the past <laughs> couple of years. Um, and uh, you know, along with that, there's sort of this, um, for you know, for for a long time, it wasn't necessarily like you know cool <laughs> to be an entrepreneur. And here, these last few years, I would say the last five years or so. It's actually become or maybe the last ten or so. It's actually become like a, a really like pop culture is starting to get more into the idea of oh, it's actually cool to like be a business mm-hmm. owner, and I'm sure you've kind of seen that shift. And so there's a lot of um, um, I, I guess like see like shiny, not necessarily shiny object syndrome, but like it's it's because it's so cool to be an entrepreneur. A lot of people want to get into it, and then they get into it, and they find, oh, it's maybe not like as like it's risky, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's not as you know, it's kind of cushy to be able to get your full time paycheck from from places. And I, you know, I went full time in my business, um, 
basically a year ago. I mean, now, so the 15th was the last day of my full-time job before, and I had been building the business for five years at that point. So, I mean, mm -hmm. here we are, you know, year six, and I'm finally an overnight success, you know what I mean? Or like <laughs> whatever. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of hard work, a lot of long hours. So um, this question, and I don't even know if the question really makes sense, but it's, I don't know, it's the way I like to ask it is, what's the biggest misconception that people have about, you know, owning or, or running a business. And maybe it is what I just said about it being harder than it looks, but maybe it's something different in, in your experience. I'm just curious what you think about that. Mm. Wow. Um, biggest, yeah, I think the biggest like misconception people have is uh, that, I don't know, like they're their life is going to be like their business is going to give them like their meaning in life or I don't know maybe, maybe that's what it is but I think I think also um well I'll just say for me like the biggest struggle I think I had to go through was just like learning the systems I think getting into like a really having really good systems in place and and mm -hmm. going from working you know for a company or working with the team and then going to solo on my own yeah was really quite challenging I didn't realize how challenging it was like I was even kind of blind to that for like the first year I was just kind of like pushing through it and I realized like wow I really need support so I think um yeah I, I think maybe it's misconception that we have to do it all on our own or something uh so I I really I ended up actually having a business coach for a little bit um she's like a you know very nutrition focused nutrition dietitian as well. And I have a really good like colleague network where we have like pretty regular business meetings now, um, just talking about our, our similar businesses. I think having like community is really needed. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that was I think so. like a struggle that I went through thinking that like, I could really like power through this on my own. And I realized like, there's so many times now that I have like a question and I'm like, let me ask someone. So like really realizing that it's okay. I think another big thing though, too, is that like, we have to be really good from the beginning and it's like i am so okay with just like showing up and be like i don't know i don't know let me ask someone let me send out an email let me send out like you know request to be on a podcast and be like i have no idea if this person like is gonna want my story on here um and it's totally fine i think just kind of like not being afraid to um let people kind of know what you're doing and i think for me even on instagram it's like I think most dietitians are afraid to post because they're afraid of other dietitians attacking them or like saying something, mm -hmm. not, not the clients are afraid of like the other colleagues. So I'm just like, you yeah. know, I totally fine. Like most people are, <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, go for it and don't be afraid that like, you don't know everything that's going on right now. Um, or you're not, it's not perfect at the beginning. Um, but do, but do, you know, find the systems and find the support that you need. That's huge. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great answer and huge advice because I, so same thing, right? I, in December of last year, before I quit, I joined, there was a guy who I've been following for quite some time, uh, who teaches web design and stuff. And, um, he created his web design membership club, um, mm -hmm. in December, in, uh, in, uh, I was a fat, like a founding member or whatever. He created it in, in like November, December of last year. And I joined up, um, a few weeks or so after he had he had launched it and really kind of made a commitment to like, I had been in tons of these things before little membership groups, little Facebook groups and things like that. and never really dove in, but I kind of went into it, I guess just from listening to so many podcasts and reading so many books. And like, I kind of knew that I was going to be going through a little bit of the, you know, lonely thing, not being able to collaborate mm -hmm. with people at that time. 
I mean, again, things have happened and, and just changed so much over the year. I mean, at that time, I didn't have anybody really that I was working with. Every now and then, I I would send something to um, another another colleague to, to help me with, uh, you know, when the work got overloaded. But for the most part, by that point, I was doing everything all by myself. And then, you know, today I've, I've got, you know, you know, five or six like regular collaborators that are, you know, they're contractors, but they're you know, like, we're working every day together inside of our, our project management system. And um, so it's been a, a, this huge shift and I 100% uh, I mean, I guess that's not fair to say hundred percent, but, but I, I, but, but a, a, a big reason for that is because I got and stayed involved in a community of people who were doing something similar mm. and we're all striving for, you know, little, you know, obviously our goals are a little bit different. Some of us want to scale bigger than others and, and whatever. But the point was I intentionally engaged in a community of people who were, you know, doing the same thing that I was and fighting for the same thing that I was. And that made all the difference in the world. Um, I think that was the problem too, is like in a lot of the other communities I was in, I was one of many different types of business. And frankly, there were few others that were like me in there. There was a couple, but, but very, very few. Whereas when I joined this club, it was, it was niche. It was focused towards, you know, people, you know, building websites. And if anything, now I'm, I've almost grown out of it a, a little because the focus of the group is still very much building websites, whereas my focus is more marketing. Um, mm -hmm. Although a lot of other people in the group are making that shift too. So I think that, the, again, we're all like, a, what, what is what is the rising tide raise all, raises all boats? We're all kind <laughs> of, you know, make, having some of these realizations and, and going down these roads together. Uh, and another buddy of mine who joined probably uh, three or four months after me, we've been in regular contact, um, you know, every couple of weeks, he may, I think he might even actually listen to this podcast. So Jacob, if you're listening, Hey, uh, but, um, you know, he, he joined it and it was the same kind of thing for him. He had been in tons of these groups before and decided that this time he was going to just make an intentional effort to really get in there and engage with people. And, uh, he, for months and months and months, he actually just gave very, he's, you know, he's a brother too. So, I mean, he, he very, he just gave very sacrificially of his time, of his expertise, of his knowledge. And, um, I hope you wouldn't mind me sharing this, but there was even one point where he reached out to me and he was like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm giving a lot, but I'm not really getting a lot yet. And I don't, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And this was probably, you know, four or five months ago. And, um, you know, today his business is in the best place it's ever been. That's mm -hmm. all I said, just stick, you know, stick with it, brothers. I'll go come back around. And, uh, you know, and, and it has, and, and all from, you know, he joined a BNI group. Uh, he was always really, um, hard on himself, you know, difficult with uh, communicating with others. And so part of his intentional effort was not just in the web design club, but, but to communicate in his local BNI group. And he got named the chapter like manager or the, the whatever uh, of the chapter, like for this, for this current session or whatever, however that works. And I'm just like, it's really just amazing that, that, that law of, of sowing and reaping, it, it's so, it's just true. You know, it was, it was true when it was, uh, you know, penned and when it's true when Jesus said it and it's true now, um, mm. that it makes a really big difference to, to do that sowing and reaping and to be involved with others who are doing something similar. So that yeah. was a great, I think that's, I, that's really huge is, is this idea that especially if you go from employed full time, working with the team, et cetera, into doing it by yourself, you can't go it alone. You need, mm -hmm. you need other people. I mean, I could talk to my wife about it all day long. Um, and she's a graphic designer, uh, and, and, uh, you know, she does crafting and stuff like that. So she's getting close, but she still doesn't quite understand web design mm -hmm. and marketing in the way that I need somebody else to, to be able to talk with, you know? And, yeah. um, so that, that was, that was, that was a huge one. Um, yeah. 
another question I have is, do you have a morning routine or just any other kind mm. of like daily routine that keeps you moving forward, you know, kind of centers you in your life yeah. and business? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> that's funny you ask this because this is like always on my mind and I'm pretty, it's actually been part of like my healing process to actually have a good routine because like I, I need a way to center myself, you know, throughout the day. Um, so I really, I really need to actually like make the space for that and pretty and hold to that. Um, and when I don't, it's yeah, like I can see how that affects me personally, affects my relationships, affects even the way I show up in my business. So yeah, I definitely, you know, wake up every morning. I, I want to give myself enough time before I even look at my phone, before I even open my laptop, before I have a client session. Like I really like having like an hour and a half. Uh, or maybe like an hour before I do any business to really wake up, you know, make my tea and then take, you know, a really good prayer time. And like, I, I, I really need to do that. And you know, that I, I love like really kind of contemplative prayer, sometimes reading like a meditation, sometimes um, just quiet prayer. And then usually by the end of that time, like actually going kind of through my day and going through my schedule for that day and kind of asking the Lord to be part of that. And you know, praying through my, for my clients too. And, you know, if I have a client session that's coming up that I'm like, you know, I just, I'm a little confused about what to do and really praying through that. And it's like, after that client session, by the end of the day, I'm like, holy moly, the Lord was <laughs> totally there. And like, my expectations were like, you know, anxiety before that, but like, I did pray about it. And like, the Lord totally took that conversation. It's so amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I really need that to, uh, like I, I was even writing my journal the other day, just kind of like really quickly, a couple of words on like just commitment, like just reminding myself that that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing this year. That's what I've been called to do. And that really like shifted my focus for the day. So, um, and yeah, I think, you know, I, I did something called an ideal, ideal week planner, um, a while ago, it was something my business coach recommended to me to do and literally like writing out my ideal week and scheduling in not just work, but also like all the other things outside of work I want to do, like prayer time, calling friends, calling family, whatever, you know, making my meals. Mm -hmm. That's been so helpful um, to kind of have time management, but also like a management of like, where's my energy going? You know, like where, where am I devoting my energy to every day and actually making space for that. And that allows me to actually realistically look at my schedule and say, okay, like I can let go of the things I don't need to do too. Um, so that I'm not, cause like my, I'm, if I don't, if I'm not really present or aware, like my mind constantly runs to, I have a thousand things to do and I never, I, I'll never be able to do them all. Like I, that's just, my mind is always thinking about time. I think it's going to maybe be a burden the rest of my life. Yes. I'm just always thinking about time and how there's not enough time to do everything. But I think a lot of times I, cause I tell myself, oh, this is urgent. I need to do this. And it's just kind of distraction actually. So, um, yeah, yeah being able to pray to the Lord about like, all right, Lord, like, help me one, help me just be efficient with my time. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I really dropped the ball. Like I did not prepare for this enough, but like, Lord, uh, help, help, help me, I don't know, pick up or fill, fill in the gaps. And he really does. And, um, you know, and I, and I honor that by saying, okay, next time I'll, I'll do better. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, and then, you know, by the end of the night, I'm always taking a little bit of time before bed to just, it, sometimes it's actually praying or sometimes it's just kind of taking quiet time, but definitely like not using my phone in the first like half hour of the day and the last half hour of the day. Like I won't even look at text messages or anything until I'm like fully been able to pray. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's huge. I'm kind of the same way. Like I've got a, I, I love the ideal week, by the way. I, I don't know if you he heard much of uh, Michael Hyatt, but he came up. Yeah. With the, so the ideal week thing he uses a lot. I, I, yeah. I use his um, full focus planner. I've used it for quite a few years now. 
it incorporates the ideal week and, and morning routine and evening routine in, in, a, in a really great way. So yeah, I'm like that huge fan of the ideal week. I, I keep my ideal week digitally on, on a, I have a separate Google calendar just for that. Same. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't use it often. That's a good reminder for me. I like, I have the tab clicked off, but I, I should, I don't always follow it. So I should, uh, I should put that back. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'll, I'll give you a pro tip here. Okay. For what, it's, yeah. for what you care, for what it's worth. Cause I, I like, that was me like a month ago was uh, maybe a little longer than that. Maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Um, <laughs> excuse me, before I reworked it, actually, no, I'm, I'm getting inside, lost inside of my own head now, whatever. Um, uh, it might've been sooner than that, but I was the same way. I had the ideal week. It was out there. I had it unchecked in my iCal, you know, on my Mac. I never looked at it. It was just, it was just, you know, there it was. Um, what I've started doing, and I used to always look at my calendar in month view. And so anytime I looked at my calendar, I would just see everything that was happening <laughs> And I, so I was seeing everything. This is what's, this is what's, this is key. This is huge. Any, if, if you get this, I, I was seeing at a glance everything that everybody else wanted me to do and nothing that I wanted me to do. How ironic is that? I wanted me to do my ideal week. And instead, I was looking at a month's worth of what other people wanted me to do. And the big shift, it's a little ugly. It's a little ugly because you got so many things turned on and you got overlapping things or whatever. But what has helped me really stick to it more than anything else is I now keep the ideal week turned on all the time, at least on my computer. I don't like on my phone, mm. but like on my computer, the ideal week is turned on all the time. And uh, I'm looking at it right now just so I can make sure I don't mess up my description over here. Um, <laughs> ideal week is turned on all the time and I have it in week view which I never, ever used before. And so now, now, ironically, what I, what I see, the vast majority, so my ideal week calendar is in green, the vast majority of what I'm looking at is things that I have decided that are what I want to do, what is important in order to grow my business. So now I can easily see, okay, well, it's 6 a.m. every day. It's daily writing time. That's going to happen, right? At, at, at 7 o'clock, between 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock, that is when I answer emails and do project management work. And then occasionally other things come in there that are a interruption to that, and you can actually see them as an interruption in a sense because they are overlaid over top of, of what you had already said you, you, know, you wanted to do. Um, mm. So, you know, I have a at, every day at 2 p.m. starts my reactionary block slash off time. It's like if there's things I need to react to from emails that I read throughout the day, mm. I take care of those then. Or if I have a meeting scheduled, you know, like you today, uh, that meeting is, is on there. Uh, or I can take off if there's just nothing else that I, that I really have to do. But it made a big difference to look at things only a week at a time. So not focused on what's happening next week. I'm just focused on what's going on this week. And I'm looking mostly at the things that I care about. Um, mm. And then seeing where others are interrupting me and I can, I can decide that that's okay or, you know, or not. And of course I use Calendly for scheduling, which you, I think might've said that you do. Um, I couldn't, maybe not, uh, maybe that was something. I use, I use a, like a health software that oh, has okay. a calendar already in it. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I use Calendly, right. I mean, same kind of thing. And I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got boundaries on that as to like when people can actually schedule things just to, yeah. to do what's most important. So that's, yeah, that's that was huge, huge for me. Like I literally had like open blocks where people could schedule 
time with me like but i was like oh my gosh wait someone can schedule a time with me in right in smack in the middle of that block and then the first half and the second half of that block are all shortened and i can't really exactly. do anything i, I was like it, it was just like i feel like this is an amateur that i used to do that but i was like oh i, I realized like you have to really chunk your time well and also another thing is like really you know, working in my business. So like meeting with clients and working on protocols and stuff like that, but then also working on my business. And like, I really actually now for the most part, I do like 99% of the time I honor that I don't see clients on Fridays. Um, I don't That's meet awesome. with them, you know, over Zoom on Fridays. And that has like totally changed my week. Cause I'm like, I could totally meet with them, you know, Monday through Thursday, it's fine. Uh, I definitely have some clients who will still ask me, Oh, but do you have time Friday? And I was like, no, I don't. And then they always find another time. Like it's, yeah. it's fine. I was always so afraid that I was going to like turn someone away, but that allows me to do so much like business building, networking, social media, or just like catching up on other things I need to do with my business on a Friday. So when you and the ideal week really helped me do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you start to respect yourself and your time, that's the irony as I was just reading, um, <laughs> Dan Kennedy, he's one of these old, great, you know, marketing, uh, direct mm -hmm. response marketing guys. And um, his thoughts on business and time management and productivity, uh, they're just as valuable as his thoughts on, on marketing. And, uh, and his thoughts on marketing are pretty good, so that's saying a lot. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was talking about, um, yeah, basically just that concept of, like, most people are afraid that when they start setting those kind of boundaries, especially around their time, that that clients are going to think less of them, or they're going to go find somebody else, or or you know who's more available, or whatever. And what he said, what actually happens is the exact opposite. Not only do you start attracting the right kind of clients, but the clients respect you, respect your time, and treat you as more important than you probably are because they realize that your time, you know, you, you're you're not just some, you know, whatever you want to call it, some minion that they can you know ring the phone anytime and get it, you know, do whatever. It's like no, like you're respecting and protecting your own time and your mm -hmm. clients will, will do that as well. Um, yeah. And, and you, you're training. I, I heard that too recently. You're always training your clients how to interact with you. And, and it's mm -hmm. like, if you, yeah. if you respond to emails at 7 PM, guess what? You're going to keep getting those seven thirty, you know, six thirty emails. If you answer the phone at six forty-five at night in the middle of dinner, they're not going to stop. That's what they're, that's what they're going right. to do. So it's like little tips, like scheduling your, your emails to go out the next morning. If you're, if your email mm -hmm. client allows that, or, or just actually turning your stuff off or, you know, in your iPhone, I did this recently. Um, I went and set up all my downtime stuff in my iPhone. So after five o'clock, it's like, <clears throat> if I want to do some things on my phone, it, like Facebook or, or whatever, like it's going to, I can always say, yeah, ignore for now, remind me in 15 minutes or whatever, but it gives me that mental thing of, oh, I decided that I didn't want this to take up my time mm. during these hours. And so I have to then, even though it's a pain sometimes, I have to then make a decision, an active decision to deny what, 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 what me who was thinking clearly about what I should have, you know, needed mm -hmm. to be doing. Right, I had to, I had to make an active decision to decide that that's that that's important, um, mm. and that's just so so much helped with like picking up and scrolling through Facebook. Like we all do that, but this uh, helped with that so much that I set like a ten minute limit on there, so I'm not going to be on awesome. Facebook more than ten minutes a day. You know, little things like that can really help with your yeah. It's it's being activity. it's being realistic and like you're like yeah, like it, it's I think it allows us to like be free of that all or nothing approach of like no, I'm never going to go on Facebook anymore. It takes my time. And it's like yes. no, I'm gonna 
literally schedule in this time and then then you can look forward to it and then you also don't mind like closing it down mm-hmm. so moderation yeah it's huge yeah it's, a, it's biblical right biblical principles yeah. too um so what, what what would be your your favorite thing at this point about like being a business owner uh, hmm. or leading your own business yeah well um i can really say now that i'm like i really i really love it because i think i i think i understand the process a little bit better now like um, you know, I respect my, my expertise a lot more because I'm actually like, you know, charging prices that are better reflect like the money that I actually want to make. And that's not a bad thing. I think I was, you know, I think a really typical Christian business owner starting out is like, Oh, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it to help people, which is like, yes. you're in it to help people. And you're also in it to like make great money I and, struggled and so hard with that oh man. it's so it's so funny and like i still str- sometimes with friends i'll still struggle with that but uh if they're listening they'll, they'll laugh at that but uh um but yeah no i i love this i love being able to create something that i really believe in like i i think it it took me to be a business owner to realize like oh dang i am an expert like i it's okay for me to like own that and yeah to not be like afraid to kind of claim that and it's not like being you know arrogant it's like no i've like god has given me uh one personal experience over many years but also just has like led me through awesome learning um to know that i I can build like this weight loss program that i've that i'm launching right now like it's i believe in this and it actually allows me to be really confident when i'm talking to potential clients with that because i'm like i I can't tell them just trust me because I'm like, that's literally like, I believe this so much, but I'm, I'm like, I can sell it because I really believe in it. And if they don't want it, it's totally fine. Like I'm not worried about that anymore, but it's giving me an excitement to even come on a podcast like this or to be able to like yeah. network with people who are, I would have been so afraid to network in the past. Cause I was like, Oh, they're so my senior. They're so successful. I'm like, no, like I'm, I got something to say here. And I, and I really like this. So but I think the, the autonomy to kind of be able to build something and to be a creator is really exciting to me. I, I'm definitely like an artist mentality, like at the core, even though I'm not doing it like an artistic profession, but it's like art. There's a lot of art in like my mom's side of the family. And uh, I kind of like to be able to create something. Um, so I like that. That's a fantastic answer. It, it It's probably actually my favorite thing about being business too. I in apologetics and stuff. I love, I uh, always love the doctrine of creation. And so this isn't necessarily related to that, but just like God is a creator and he made us little creators. And so we, mm-hmm. we just like God created a universe out of, out of nothing. We get to like take ideas and create them out of nothing and turn them into something that is, that is real. It's like my wife made the point uh, a few days ago, cause I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of success with this new program that I've put together to help uh, businesses with their with their marketing. You know, the, the basic premise is like there there's the a problem in that like when you first get into in the, in the, especially in the online business space, which is so many of the people that I work with, there's this um, it, you know, shiny object shiny object syndrome of there's so many things that you can do. You can blog, you can podcast, you can email, you can, you know, you can go on, you know, put put your business on Google My Business. You can, you know, there's a hundred different things that you can you can do and you're not sure how to do it or what order to do it it's like they all work but you're not getting results because you don't know where to start and it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. and confusing so i put together this program that just kind of uses all of these good 
uh, you know, approaches. These are all good things, but it sort of structures them in a way that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's, you know, we do one step at a time and, and we, we, yeah, over the course of a year plus, um, minimum of a year, but, but you know, going beyond that as well, we can actually make a meaningful marketing push, you know, with your, with your business and set up, set you up for the future. And I came up with this way of structuring it and the elements to it and everything totally like, again, like by accident. I mean, one of the, you know, one of the points that I make a lot is that God is the, is the pilot here. Like I'm just, he, yeah. I'm in the co-pilot seat Every once in a while, he lets me drive, and there, there's a whole lot of things I could tangents I could go down on that. But we don't we don't have time. I just it, it's affected the way I do goal setting and everything is so much different now. Mm. And yeah, it's because I'm realizing that that he has all the good ideas. Every now and then, he lets me like take the wheel and implement for a little while. And so it's like I I you know didn't have any inkling that I wanted to do this. And then like in it was probably early October, maybe late September, something like that. I was. Um, yeah, put, starting to put together this uh, system, and it, there's like three different tiers of involvement on it. And l as we're recording this, literally as of yesterday, I signed up. I now have one client in each of those tiers of wow. of service. And my wife was like, "My gosh, like three months ago, you you literally pulled this out of thin air, mm. and now it's like this this thing that has." added a lot, frankly, to the top line of the business. Like it's, it's this living, growing thing that is actually helping people. We're doing things in the real world based on this thought that I had. And it's totally God. Like I'm, I'm giving him a hundred percent of the credit here. Like, mm. Hey, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's his thing. It's, it's his, it's his plans. It's, but, but at the same time, it's like, it's because we're given that ability to create and come up with yeah. things and, and actually put something new into the world. That's just, that's just too cool. So it's probably yeah. my favorite part about it as well. I actually, I'll agree. I'll just say one more thing. Like being, yeah. like this idea of being like a co-creator with God, it really has, I think I like had known that for a while, but it was actually not until just like the last five months, like I really started to realize like how true that is. Mm. And it's so freaking cool. And like I work with a lot of women with fertility issues. So like there's this aspect of like, yeah, like we get to be creators and like giving life like in that physical way but we mm -hmm. also get to be creators in like so many awesome ways and there's just so much expression so many different ex ways we can express that and that's why the world is so awesome and diverse um and but I can even do that in my business and like I was even praying today like this morning before I had my clients because I had like a lot of back-to-backs and I was like all of a sudden I had this like grace that came over me I was like well I am I am like overjoyed that like I get to impart like wisdom to these clients and actually impart like change like this is actually going to change <laughs> yeah. their life for the yeah. like forever hopefully it's so cool yeah but because like god is like i'm like a conduit of god's grace and i'm like that is so cool and even if it's like we never mentioned the same like we're just talking about health but like this is so cool and like I, yeah so um 100%. and like even the same thing for me like the four method this weight loss group program i came up with literally it was like hit me like a ton, ton of bricks in september this year like the name i was like walking through my room and like all of a sudden i got this yeah, like the format that I literally like sat down and scrambled out like four pages on a Google Doc, and I was like, "Holy crap, this is my group program, and I'm going to serve this." So cool. And uh, it's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yes, I, I 100% love that. That that's that's yeah. it's got to be my favorite thing about it as well. So I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. Man, this has been a fantastic discussion. Um, with yeah. so much in common, it's really cool. Um, my last question is, uh, it'd be a difficult one for me to answer. Um, so it <laughs> might be difficult for you too, but that's just, what's your favorite Bible verse? So, you know, do you have something, you know, a particular Bible verse that you cling to 
you know, often yeah. or, um, or, you know, what about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say Psalm 139. It's one of my favorites. So definitely my business name comes from that. So it's like, I will praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And mm-hmm. yes, that's the verse where, uh, you know, it's like, Lord, you know me, you know, like all my thoughts, you know, like the hairs on my head, you know, you knew me in my mother's womb before I was born. And I just, I love that. And it's like ultimate trust. And then also just this idea that like being a trust in God and knowing us. So like, like our knowing our minds and our hearts. And then also, um, the fact that we're wonderfully made and like that has really informed like even my functional nutrition approach like if we're wonderfully made and we're also meant to put in like really good food into our bodies we're also meant to treat our bodies with like integrity and that means that like yes exercise but also means like not excessive exercise too like I, I work with a lot of people with kind of this like frantic like trying to do anything they can to lose weight mentality and yeah. uh so I think that's probably, yeah, I would say that's probably one of my favorites, uh, yeah, amongst amongst them. So That's huge. That's awesome. I love it. All right, Victoria. Well, it's been, again, a fantastic discussion. I'm super excited for everybody to, uh, to hear this. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really helpful for people. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy that we aligned on so much more than I, I realized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Pleasure.